0: If you're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album, Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums, is here before you die. this episode we talk about sonic youth sister in the room i have rob hey buddy and Anne. hey and on the line i have kyle well hi there sister is the fourth studio album by the american alternative rock band sonic youth it was released on june 1987 by sst records the producer was sonic youth and the genre is alternative rock and i'm gonna read from all music review mark Deming. The blunt, chaotic sound of Sonic Youth's visionary but difficult early work had begun to give way to a more coherent and song-oriented attack on 1986's Evil. And with the 1987 sister, Sonic Youth revealed that they were a great rock band as well as a great art band. From the shifting dynamics and disquieting mood of the opening track Schizophrenia to the ferocious coda of White Cross, Sister was a work of a band that had grown impressively stronger and more unified with the 12 months since their previous long player. The sheets of sound that issued from Thurston Moore and Lee Ronaldo's retuned and modified guitars were still the core of their sound. The Sonic Uses Songcraft was steadily improvising as they made better and more effective use of their oral palette and created a melodic context that helped their noisy report make greater dramatic sense after going through a handful of drummers steve shelley finally gave sonic Youth the combination of chops imagination and force that was needed behind the kit and while he certainly improved evil his debut. It was Sister where he truly made his mark. The steady pulse and rhythmic shadings of Catholic Block, Stereo Sanctity, and Tough gnarl helped firm up the tunes and added some discipline to Moore and Ronaldo's uh, exploratory guitar work that remarkably made their twisted instrumental figures more impressive and no less distinct. And the warmth and clarity of Bill Titus All analog engineering made the guitars and Kim Gordon's bass sound as glorious as they uh, deserved to sound. While Sonic Youth had been a band with great ideas from the start, Sister is where the execution finally caught up with the concept, and it was their first truly great album. All right, what do we think of Sonic Youth? Sister. It's fucking great. Yeah, Yeah. this is a real damn good record.
1: First listen for me, actually. Wonderful.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering uh, what people would think of the non, uh, you know, because Sister and Evil really don't have any, I guess, what would be considered like their hits. You know, like, yeah, this is early Sonic Youth.
2: But it's, yeah, I mean, it's leaning towards my knowledge of Sonic Youth, but it still has a little more grit on it. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm... 100% 100% like into like everything that's on this. I like it better than evil. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and I know we're going to be getting daydreaming a year or whatever, but yeah, I think about like it better than daydream nation. Really. really? Yeah. I mean, currently, but I haven't listened to daydream nation in so long. Like may- maybe that's just like, you know,
0: yeah, I, it's a lot of people say it's, you know, this could be their best album. I would probably disagree with that, but I do hear where people are coming from because it, Early on, especially if you were around the time when Sonic Youth was coming out, it would be kind of like, this is really where they're like, right at the, you know, very, very impressionable to someone who is listening to this at the time.
2: Yeah. No. (laughs) Were were they on SST for Daydream Nation or did they jump to a major?
0: Uh, They jumped. Yeah. I
1: think. Yeah.
2: Okay. So this is the last of the SST records then.
0: Yes, and they had a real problem, I guess, with SST. They said that... um, What, Greg? Greg was uh, withholding... They weren't getting distribution, so any place they would play, they were like they didn't get the distribution that they wanted because, I guess, SST didn't have the sort of ability to do that. And then he also said that Greg was withholding, like, royalties that that they were owed or, uh, you know... it's always a little gray because yeah. we can't know the real story, but it did sound like they were, they wanted to play by their own rules, but they, and they always wanted to be on SST. That was kind of the dream, you know, but at the same time, they were like, this, this isn't really working out for us. So they, got, they got too big for it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, I really love this. I feel like it's super fully formed and yet there's so much experimental stuff going on in it. And the reason it succeeds is because it feels like there's a direction and a completeness to it. Like, they're not meandering at all at any point. It's always contained within this idea, right? Yeah,
2: and these are fu- fully constructed, like, mm-hmm. like, ideas.
1: Like, this this sounds exactly like what I think of when I think of Sonic Youth. Yeah. And also, I thought it was interesting that, because the, the album's sort of loosely inspired by... Philip K. Dick stuff and some of it like I wrote down on one of the on top now like feels like world building like the way that they're creating these like noise scapes is kind of almost like this complete exploration of the world that they like make with what hmm. the music they make so I thought that was kind of cool match what were you going to say Kyle
3: <laughs> Oh, I was just going to say um, yeah I've never owned this record I remember you know hearing it a couple times when I was younger but uh, hearing it, especially after the last record we did, it definitely sounds like an evolution um, and like more of a, a realization of their powers. Mm-hmm. To paraphrase what one you said, I mean, it's very much when I think of Sonic Youth, I think of like these guitars, I think of Kim's vocals. You know, I think of like this kind of effortless cool, like this, um, mm-hmm. like uh, the soundscape, but it's just much more organized and like sharpened, like honed. Yeah, uh, on this record, and I feel like that's something that's going to, you know, once we get into Daydream Nation and, and goo and dirty, it's like, damn. For an album that I wasn't super familiar with, um, this is definitely a trait to listen to, and um, I, I listened to it several times with a big smile. Um, this is a fantastic record.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with Steve Shelley. At the time, you know, he was new on Evil, and I feel like he didn't have his place, right? So he was, yeah. he was looking up because... He, he was in a, you know, he had just moved from Texas to New York and stayed at their apartment while they were in Europe t- touring and, you know, their drummer uh, left and they said, hey, Steve, why don't you be in our band, you know? And so, he was looking up to these people, you know? He, was, he didn't necessarily want to move to New York, so I think he felt a little out of place with Evil, but you can feel his sort of influences in this album and what we becomes the sonic youth of the nineties that we all really uh, resonate with because he controls, he somehow is able to control their sonic experiments within each song uh, with his drumming, which I have always found the most impressive um, with sonic youth because it's like, sure, you can have these uh, rice Chatham, like, wild guitar you know experiments and stuff but to make it in a package song uh within a context it requires someone that has a very familiar like idea about what to do with the drums while you're i never thought about that also making this this quote-unquote noise or experiments and i feel like once he got there and he he has a very like good sense of how to ride a a, a floor tom and how to you uh, know at when to stick in a a, a a hi-hat and things like that it really makes songs pop it really makes it um fully fully formed yeah like the one that's, that's the really right hands comment. right now
2: yeah which
3: is stereo safety mm-hmm. yeah 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 he definitely completes the package also sounds like an, an album that's out of time. I mean, this is like that 1991 sound that, you know, is about to break.
0: Yeah, I, I kind of had forgotten on um, Schizophrenia, how how they do those sort of uh, reverbed uh, sort of dipping guitars that sound like built a spill, made a career out of doing mm-hmm. that sort of like two guitars uh, on the tremolo uh, bar. Like it's it's wild. I was like, "Wow, this is it's very head." You you mentioned it in the write up, and I've
2: read other things like indicating they're using these all analog boards mm-hmm. and it, you like dumping into tape, and the the warmth of the tubes and everything. We just talked about the uh, Butthole Surfers record where. They were what the, the twelve track, sixteen track, like tube, eight track, like or yeah. no, it was it was an eight track, eight an, track, eight track, tube, all, all tube. tube. So these guys are going sixteen track tube, I think, mm-hmm. um, for this. And the uh, the dude that uh, was I guess running the board was Walter Sear, um, and he was with a uh, Sear Sound. I didn't know this. He was one of the pioneers of electronic music. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually the uh, the sales rep for Bob Moog. Like when he was, he was the one that was selling the modulars. <laughs> like he he bought a Thurman that? kit from him, like and became friends. And then like he he'd moved from like Louisiana as like a professional tuba player, like oh. playing with like oh. the, really uh,
1: niche thing, <laughs> pl- playing with the
2: symphony, and then like doing stuff in Philadelphia. But yeah, he uh it, the the <laughs> he's he's a giant in uh electronic music and uh he was also the guy who wrote the soundtrack to midnight cowboy
1: oh, so. <laughs> oh shit yeah Wild.
0: yeah it it was um it's really interesting because yeah that's when they you know the first time they were using these elements like a like a keyboard or a sort of like electronic keyboard or something on sonic youth tracks yeah. right so they had a little bit of that uh, ability to experiment within this uh, studio
3: very cool
2: yeah his uh his studio like regulars in there were just david bowie hanging out and like any of those like fucking rad new york dudes were in that guy's studio just just hanging like apparently like the collection of shit he had was just out of out of control (laughs) ooc guys yeah
0: that's cool yeah i actually had never dived into um it never connected the Philip K. Dick uh, story about, you know, the, the opener schizophrenia or stereosanctity, like, from Ballas. Um, but, yeah, they were heavily inspired by uh, Philip K. Dick's work at this time. So I thought that was really cool to learn about this week.
1: Yeah, uh, Philip K. Dick is wild. Yes. It was really
0: wild to read about him. I
1: had knew he was sort of wild, but damn. <laughs> and so his sister is, he ha- when he was born, he was a fraternal twin, And his fraternal twin sister died like six weeks or something, weeks or months after birth, so he felt like she haunted him.
2: (laughs) I'm sure his his parents... Informed him of that.
1: <laughs> yeah, they would have had to. It's hard to know, though. I mean, he was a really wild person, so he, he fixated on things that maybe other people wouldn't not fixate on. It's hard I to know. I
2: actively didn't read Philip K. Dick because Alex Corny would talk to me about it all the time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to, t- I
2: think t- you're doing
1: yourself a disservice.
2: I, and and I, I agree. Yeah, you gotta <laughs> but, read Skinner Darkly. T- but t- Oh, I've, I've read. I'm oh, sorry. I've read A Scanner Darkly. I've read New Androids Read Extra Sheep. But like the. uh Uh, pulsing or like the the pink lasers coming from the uh, from outer space (laughs) thing like which was on constant loop with Alex whenever I saw him because apparently that was just like the year that he was reading all that shit Mm -hmm. so uh, he
1: likes to talk about what he's interested in (laughs) I know
2: and I love that about him but sometimes it turns out yeah I was hanging out with him during the vert days
1: oh I I, I should talk to him about vert because I love vert I don't think I've ever talked to him about it
2: that was over at my buddy Hunter's place and he had a copy of vert and I was like (laughs) <laughs> I read the
3: first one.
1: You know Jeff Noon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But
2: I missed my copy of Cobra Lingus. R.I.P. Cobra Lingus. <laughs> Sorry. Where are we? <laughs> what, what day is this?
1: Just talking about Philip K. Dick.
0: I think this was quite a shock to uh, people who were reviewers and and people who are like looking at Sonic Youth as sort of like, yeah, they're an art band, but they'll never they'll never break into you Know real music, they'll never break into the pop or into- they were
1: in the pig fucker scene, right? Uh, Wasn't that what they called yeah. it? I don't know if it was Christgau or just like the village voice, but that's what they called like oh, the New Christ York, yeah, yeah. That's what that's I thought. Just mean. <laughs> I mean, it's very, it's very, and like I think Kim got mad and like punk? wrote a letter to them about it or something.
0: Oh, that's why they they, <laughs> they definitely hated Christgau for a, a but while, but then
1: but then he completely loved this album, yeah.
2: because, he, he loved evil, like he he, he? he came around on evil yeah Yeah.
1: i think that was a little bit i think this was the one that made him really understand that he was wrong though or that was my impression from what i read you know at least it's it's good that you can admit that
3: (laughs) that's important yeah you'd really have to sink your heels in to (laughs) a music critic and be like blue this record sonic youth i
2: don't know (laughs) that's some uh that's some rolling stone bullshit right there Yeah. yeah
0: Yeah, it's equal. It's quoted being uh, equal parts expansion of the principle, about face, reversal of it.
2: I guess that's a that's a contradiction. <laughs>
1: it's both this and not this. <laughs>
0: uh, it, it conceives radically unorthodox tunings and challenging noise elements to sculpt a fluidly melodic conceptual landscape across a carefully sequenced set of integral uh, integral ideas.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what... It feels whole cloth, right? Like, it feels...
2: Yeah, the beauty and the dissonance is... Uh,
3: yeah. It's crazy it's what they what, like no they filler too. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. It just goes on for too long. Like, everything's Mm-mm. just perfect. And I yep.
1: hate jamming, and I get really annoyed by yeah, you, meandering, and there's sure, nothing yeah. of that it's, in this. It's complete... Everything is necessary and perfect. Like, it's just...
2: I Were they still doing the... Like, I mean, I guess it's how most people write like we're just gonna do we're gonna do this and then oh that's a good idea and oh, they're recording de- everything so they're like kind of like making like a little
0: pastiche
2: of like all yeah. of their, their
0: yeah, stuff. They, and then that's how they write okay so they basically get together they have ideas they flesh those ideas out whatever ideas are working then they sit down and say right, okay we need to take that part um and take that part and at this time i believe they Yeah, they have like a little tape recorder that they just record stuff and, you know, fit things together. But I think they're, this album proves that they're getting better and better at that. It's coming more naturally, right? Like Kim said that it it blew the doors off. It it was sort of like they were looking for a raw, more immediate sound. And this this just kind of provided the, the, this, this they did it (laughs) yeah yeah no they 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 certainly did
2: yeah man uh it's real fucking
3: good yeah this is a real damn good record
0: yeah uh what do you think about crimes uh, uh the cover of crimes hot wire my heart did you know it was a cover
1: I did not know that was a cover.
0: I didn't know that. I I am only vaguely familiar with Crime. (laughs) Yeah. So, no, I I didn't know that was a cover either. Yeah, it's kind of like a...
1: I loved how raunchy it was, because it feels like a rock and roll song, but then they're like making it theirs. Yeah. So that absolutely makes sense that it's a cover. Yeah. But like, it felt both foreign and totally familiar, because it's got their sounds.
2: Crime was the LA band that just dressed up like cops on stage, right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
1: (laughs) Brilliant!
0: Yeah. <laughs> city, city solution. Uh, <laughs> um, Dude he chose a flyback. In 1978, the group uh, performed for inmates in San Quentin State Prison while dressed in uniforms identical to those of the guards.
1: <laughs> Sonic did. <laughs> no, crime
0: did. Crime did. Yeah.
1: Jeez.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> All all right, right. San
2: Quentin got all the good shows.
1: <laughs> I guess you know,
2: <laughs> except for that Metallica one. <laughs> that was a bummer. Saint Imagine Anger. seeing that Metallica. <laughs> Woof! Imagine being an inmate and be like, "Oh man, yeah,
3: Metallica's coming through. This awesome." They'd probably make me an inmate if I saw that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: was really curious what people would think of well i guess i guess two songs one song like pacific coast highway
1: oh my god
0: what did you think of that one
1: i fucking loved it it's so creepy and upsetting <laughs> and i loved it <laughs> it's so yeah, brilliant that atmosphere yeah that she's like she's the one singing it and it's like she's simultaneously like relating this trauma but being very like cool and flip about it but like very easily conveying like the horrifying tone of every awful dude ever it's just like amazing i think it's so good yeah <laughs> like whew. yeah
0: it's well, good yeah
1: but oh, i was feeling yeah. my skin crawl the first time it i heard it, chilling. I, was it like, I can't very chilling. i could can hardly listen yeah. to this yeah
0: her like icy vocal monotone like it's
1: like detached uh, yeah
0: god yeah, it's she like should... a little horror movie it's awesome <laughs> yeah. yeah that's great and then um the last one how do you guys feel about master dick master dick which is, a, I guess it's a... I thought that wasn't bo- on the Bonus track, yeah. CD bonus track. Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. That's not on the original. I, I like, crossed it out cross my notes. Because yeah.
1: I was like, that's not on the one. I'm not yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah. talk about that.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get in trouble.
0: No, you're fine. Yeah, tough gnarl. Saints preserve us in hot young stuff. <laughs> and the saving grace is a sonic pig pile. Oh my God. (laughs) Uh, Then goes out on to say, let's poke your eyes out. Dark stuff. I mean, this was the, you know, with evil, I think, you know, Death Valley 69, all those sort of Manson vibes from the coast scene that like influenced work their way into Sonic youth is sort of, uh, I don't know. What'd you say? It's almost a, a western american gothic for them Mm -hmm. of like a yeah yeah death of the of the west and these sort of like droning guitars that just layer over um this like unnerving elements but still is fun especially for me
2: (laughs) you like tone You're, you're you're a
3: tone maven i love it and this this
2: album has all the tones
3: yeah. yeah, I was really just expecting more evil, which would have been fine, but um this I didn't know that they were there, you know, in nineteen eighty seven. Um I would have listened I would have bought this record a long time ago. This is a great record.
0: Yeah. I was a little upset. I mean, I I was a little surprised that this was there. I was like, why would you put sister? You just did evil. We're gonna get daydream, we're gonna get goo. Like Does
1: that make more sense to you? Like uh, really after, thinking about it?
0: After doing the research this week, I, I was kind of Convinced. I don't know if I'm still fully convinced, but it does make a lot more sense that this, this brought, you know, this was huge. This brought them into a new audience and then daydreams just going to be like the, the album that yeah. people are just going to, you know, immediate connection to. So this is still see a little the jet dangerous. That's not in there, right? No, Jess, that's um, not in there. Nothing, yeah. uh, nothing past dirty, which that's why oh, I was surprised. Oh, yeah because I was thinking okay we're gonna get later maybe we'll get jet set maybe we'll get washing machine but especially because I thought we'd get something like Murray Street where it's kind of a very very um, matured Sonic youth you know yeah. it has those element early elements but it feels like a, almost a different type of band still them but it has a lot more. Uh, range maybe range like a mastery yeah. of
1: the range they established earlier
0: exactly yeah and it's a very subdued it has a you know a, and a lot of critics you know praise that as as being like a real return to form and really amazing so okay.
1: but you still like this one oh absolutely
0: <laughs> I I don't I don't mind this being in the in the book at all I just was um, I was surprised to see it here mm-hmm. because I feel like. Usually when we get these kind of, uh, you know, when bands go progress through, he'll just say, okay, the first very important album, which would have been like evil or maybe this one or the other. And then he, he would have been like, all right, here's the popular ones and stuff.
2: I mean, it's a big shift. It is from evil. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Evil's the one that the critics started paying attention. And then this one, they went, Oh, I guess we're wrong. Yeah. You know, whatever. I, I maybe this charted somehow yeah. up in foggy London town. Yeah, um, <laughs> but no, I fucking dude, I love it. Like the, this is this is more in line with the the Sonic Youth that I know. So it, you know, yeah. it fe- feels more familiar, it's
1: like instantly familiar. Yeah,
2: instantly. Yeah, sure. Just great. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, for me, it's a positive. I would say yes.
0: One should listen to this. Definitely. Yeah. Into it. Yeah, I think it has a, a lot going for it, too, with the dynamics or the sort of how different each song is presented, I think, is is really worth someone's time because it, you're going to listen to schizophrenia and then you're going to be like, OK, that's kind of, you know, I, I I get it. And then you're going to listen to Catholic block and be like, whoa, yeah, yeah. this is a different song. And then yeah. you're going to listen to Beauty Lies in the Eye and be like, whoa, still changing. You know, it, it, it's ever kind of evolving Obviously it's still the same band, but it it all feels
1: It's engaging, really engaging the whole way through. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It keeps engaging your intention.
0: Like So positive for me. Kyle? Positive for me. Sweet. Awesome. They were quoted as saying, Sister is about the line between reality and dreaming, if there is any. Grunge pedal. (laughs) (laughs)
1: i mean that's philip k dick said there's no way to confirm whether it like reality exists or not the world is not entirely real and there's no way to confirm whether it is truly there (laughs) so
0: let's all buy some sonic eath and philip k dick (laughs) okay all right next time we'll be talking about the triffids uh yes calendar all right thanks y'all